Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trouble the Horror Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. Ready for a slumber party, you two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I haven't sure. made popcorn yet, but yeah. <laughs> I have my drill. I'm <laughs> Vital for any slumber party. Right? There's so much subtext in the fact that the killer has a drill. Oh, if you look yeah. at the posters, I mean, spoilers, <laughs> but we're talking about Slumber Party Massacre 1, and then next week is Slumber Party Massacre 2. If you look at the posters for these movies, it's very phallic with, like, <laughs> the angle of the drill and, like, the position of the guy in accordance of the girl. I think the writer of the first movie said that the idea behind this movie is it's a virgin's fear of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is probably giving way too much subtext to a movie that honestly doesn't deserve it but no yeah <laughs> i i yeah you're trying to like it's almost like we're, we're trying to like celebrate it as being clever but it's like nah i nah. mean nah no, no, no not quite <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh cult horror movie trilogy although we're only gonna talk about the first two although we can kind of discuss the third at least to some i never well, I never watched the third, but like, is it get campier? It's like, <laughs> like does it? It's a two steps forward, one step back situation. There's oh, nice. There's a lot of good kills and gore, but they really fucked up with uh, a lot of like the, the story and character choices. Um, yeah, I'll, I think there's an email about one of the, about it, but yeah, uh, it, it's just not not as good. As the, as the first two. And there's even people who think the second is better than the first, which I'd say I'm probably more in that camp. I think the second is a okay. little more interesting, but... Uh... I'd say more entertaining. Yes. Um, uh, but, I, I mean, yes. I will say that that the first movie, I mean, it's got, it's got a double-digit kill count in it, yeah. even though a lot of them are off-screen. But, mm -hmm. I mean, still, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Slumber Party Massacre, uh, the first one at least. The official summary, a female high school student's slumber party turns into a bloodbath as a newly escaped psychotic serial killer wielding a power drill prowls her neighborhood. Um, yeah, Driller Killer, who really changes from movie to movie, even in the third movie, it's a, someone totally different. Um, <laughs> They you just know. can't keep it straight. No, there's. I mean, I think the third gets the most ridiculous. Uh, but really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that one gets the ridiculous. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the third they turns just passing in, this drill around or something. <laughs> the third turns into a whodunit, so they kind of like don't tell you who the killer is. You have to like try to figure it out, and then there's a point where one of the characters opens up a van and there's a drill in the back of his van and you're like, Oh, so he's the driller killer. And it's, 
and then they explain why he's the driller killer and it's what it's really like it's an awful explanation it's like this makes no sense <laughs> you know one thing that i was actually surprised about with this first one is that they show the killer's face like right away and he's yeah. just some he's just some dude who likes to kill he's like that's some, all it is <laughs> he's just some denim dan just walking around <laughs> this is like... yeah, denim dan denim dan he, he looks oh, <laughs> He dresses like how my dad dresses, and he just goes around <laughs> killing people. I, I literally, I'm gonna call him Denim Dan for this entire episode. Yeah, now. yeah. No Russ Thorne anymore. It's Denim no. Dan. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say going into watching both of these movies, I was just really happy that I was on a good roll with good movies in theaters and and a few, um, streaming and and on on Blu-ray to kind of satiate it, um, because uh, yeah, this is a little rough. I'll say it's a little rough <laughs> in these ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the second movie is a little more entertaining. The first one is mm-hmm, is pretty mm-hmm. rough. It's it's super standard. Like, it, it's yeah. really standard. I mean, uh, you can kind of telegraph a lot of the stuff that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it's... and, like, the first movie suffers from the fact that, like, the writer wrote it as a parody of slasher films. And then the director filmed it as what it is. And it's not like you get a little hints of that, like of that, but not really enough. And I'd argue if it was more of like a parody of slashers, these things that are tropey mm-hmm. that it's make, it's supposed to be making fun of would actually be a little more entertaining if you knew that they were in jest rather than, Oh, these are just, you know, tropes that we've seen a dozen times already so yeah well rita rita may brown apparently wrote this screenplay as a parody and then they just filmed it seriously yeah which it's weird that's so fucking weird like i again it's like not it's like it's funny because it's like oh you have so much subtext within your movie but you can't read subtext i don't know (laughs) i don't know how that works and at least, like, for the second movie, like, it feels like more of a unified vision. It, the it second make... movie's fucking insane. <laughs> like, it's just, the creative choices are just fucking insane. Yeah. I I mean, especially to leap from one to two. Can you imagine if, like, Friday the 13th, one and two were this, were this massively different? The franchise would, would have no idea what to do when it no. came to the next, the next step, you know? Yeah. yeah, if the, if the first Nightmare on Elm Street was just Freddy Krueger as a dude just running around killing <laughs> yeah. people, and then the second one was him in dreams with the knives and everything, <laughs> right. that's kind of the the, the go between yeah. of these movies. Yeah. yeah, with that with with zero with zero um like preface for it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like no. you're just you're just supposed to accept that this rockabilly ghost dude that can become physical and. Like I don't know, there's just so much weirdness in in the second movie. Like, yeah, that that honestly, uh, as, of these two episodes, that's gonna be my time to shine. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. So a lot of like weirdness in the first one, in the sense mm-hmm. that there was some dialogue choices that I was like, <laughs> what? Uh- like, I think there was this whole scene in this, I think it wasn't the first one, It's hard, they kind of blend together in the sense of there's a lot of uh, boobs 
in both of these movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think it's in the first movie where they're getting ready for the slumber party, and it's just this, like, drawn-out changing scene where there's just, mm-hmm. like, girls front and center, lots of boobs mm-hmm. on screen. And yep. the conversations that they're having in the background sound so fake. And the dialogue, like, it's just so bad. And that scene, I was sitting there going... Okay, this is a, I know this is a male gaze scene. Like this is specifically for dudes in the '80s who like boobs in horror movies. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the dialogue is just so bad. They're just talking about friends of theirs getting caught having sex. But it's like, oh, he, I can't believe that she got caught. It's so bad. It's so yeah, bad. yeah. It's it's the Corman. The it, that's the Corman gaze. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's oh, the filter. Corman would the... fire women if they refuse to be naked in this movie. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> icky. It's so icky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so icky now. Uh, and then though, you know, what I mean, like it was just like you weren't able to fight back against that mm-hmm. then as much as you could do that now. And you do that now, uh, you're gonna go viral in all the bad ways. Yeah. Um, because yeah, yeah it, it's time to call people out on their bullshit. Um, but I mean, uh, that's. <laughs> that's most of the foundation of Roger Corman's career is getting uh, women naked on his sets, um, and which is, it, I mean, it's so it, it's so fucked up because uh, everyone comes at uh, like a lot of people come at Amy Holden Jones and, and Rita Mae Brown saying that they sold out their gender um, on on this movie, and uh, I mean she's she produced a lot of exploitation flicks and that's just kind of like she knew that that was one of the staples of it and it's a corman thing so you're not gonna you're not gonna fight the dude uh, on that kind of stuff or you're gonna be quickly out of a job well I mean, yeah it, we, it we sounds all like he's the, the one with the money so well it's... yeah and, and there's all the stories about humanoids of the deep and stuff like oh, that God. about how that was completely edited behind the female director's back and and had yeah. all this nudity that she didn't want in the movie just kind of thrown in and it looks like it's tacked on too as far as i remember it i haven't seen it in years but mm. all of the nudity in that movie looks like it was just like it is a post-production shoot that they were just kind of thrown in yeah well yeah funny you... too though because there's there are some specific scenes in both of the slumber party movies i haven't watched the third one so i'm not sure about that one but it it's almost got like a little chick flick tinge to it too, because mm-hmm. there are definitely shirtless dudes that it, in full on scenes where you're like admiring their bodies. So yeah. it it's not quite the same level as like boobs, mm-hmm. but there are little tinges of chick flick in these that yeah. I that I found at least. Well, it has empirical fact in it though, right? Because don't women strip down to do pillow fights? That's how it happens, right? Oh, totally. Every yeah. every slumber party I've ever been to, that's definitely something yeah. that's happened one hundred percent of the time. This bra has to come off if we're gonna throw these pillows around. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're too restricted, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think too. Um, you know, a lot of people have reevaluated these movies in recent years and like I've kind of tried to like be like oh it's a feminist movie and I'm like I don't know if I really subscribe to that <laughs> I mean there are some elements of it sure but I, I think it's like not quite as um, really well told as it could so yeah yeah what this movie could have been like if it was played straight with the parody I feel like this movie could have been so 
so good and so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing this was a first time watch for both of you. Yes. Uh, yes, for me too. Okay. Uh, I I'm, I am a, a a huge fan of Driller Killer, which for me <laughs> like for me I I don't know I still think the Bell Ferreras movie is better than both of these ones. Mm. Um, I don't know. There's just uh, there's just something about Ferreras style that I really like, especially like his beginning style. Um, and yeah, I I mean, if that movie didn't exist, I don't feel like this movie would have had a template to pull off of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I watched the first movie at least, I think like a few years ago. It was streaming somewhere, not on Shutter where it is now. It was somewhere else, and I just randomly put it on. Um, and yeah, I watched it and I was like, eh, this is our, this is mediocre at best. Um, and. I've kind of like since reevaluated. I still don't think it's as good as the second, or, or like probably as good as some other horror movies. Well, not even probably, like almost surely. But I, I think it's got a certain. There's some things about it that I really like. I do really like the fact that the driller killer just feels like a random dude that just escaped from an insane asylum. You know, he, he's not Freddy Krueger. He's not Jason. He's not these supernatural beings he's just a dude who's insane who has a drill um i, I kind of like that about him quite a bit like he he does have some semblance of reality to him that some of the other slasher villains don't have um and then yeah there, there's certainly like some kind of like subtext here of you know women uh, sort of overpowering this guy that's hunting them down. I, I, you know, I think there's, there's some strength to that, even if it's not as well executed as it could be. Um, that leads into the first question. Jessica asks, so when she cuts his drill in half, that's 100% supposed to be his manhood, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Cause there's nothing subtle about this movie. No, no. I, I mean, the way that, had... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think we've already kind of like, <laughs> you know we started with the whole like like everything's phallic everything's just on the nose like i i, I yeah. don't think the su the subtext is screaming to you yeah. yeah like honestly if you don't pick up on the subtext like that i'd be shocked like it's pretty in your face i mean there's there's a whole scene where he goes on a, a rant to i think her name is trish the the main girl mm -hmm. about how oh wait no did she die at the end i can't I, all the girls kind of get mixed up to me at some point and then but... they recast uh, one of them, or two of them, actually, in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, the the two main girls, I guess, got recast. Which honestly, I was kind of surprised because the the main girl in the second one, Courtney, who's the younger sister in this one, the first one, I feel like their actresses were at least fairly similar in in looks because I didn't even really notice that they had recast too much. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah there's a there's a whole scene where the the denim Dan comes up to one of the girls and says he goes on some rant about how he loves them or he loves her and they're all so pretty and he just needs to kill a bunch but then at some point he also has a bunch of bodies in his trunk and he's like counting them and i was like is he trying to like hit a hit a goal number does he have a <laughs> does he have some sort of number he's trying to reach but yeah it's i 
strange strange killer but at the same time it, i feel like maybe it's best so to have those questions not go answered and have <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they could have, they could have given him a backstory or something, but I feel like it kind of works that, in the sense that he doesn't. No, he's just the insane person who had escaped the insane asylum and has a drill. Like that's all you need, yeah. you know. And uh, he likes young women. And he doesn't have a mask on either. You know, he's just rocking his denim look, and he's just rolling around <laughs> town like, yeah. <laughs> uh. Wendy says, the fact that this was written, produced by women, Rita Mae Brown, a successful author, activist, and feminist, wrote the screenplay. Amy Holden Jones directed really helps this movie feel like it's empowering women in a way other horror, mm. horror movies from the 80s didn't. I guess it's like, I, I can agree with you in the fact that, yes, in the context of the 80s, yes. I think anything post-80s. <laughs> it's a little muddled, but yeah. 80s, mm. sure. Like... Compared to Friday the Thirteenth or other movies at the time, yeah, this this did have more of a female energy to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's yeah. always necessarily the most positive or the most well executed, but for the time, sure. I think. Yeah, I. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think uh, how many boobs there were in those movies and how long those scenes were with the boobs is probably uh, undercuts the fact that yeah, a lot, I think these. The girls in this movie were fairly like they were fleshed out characters and they did just normal human things instead of just being like a lot of movies you can tell are very cookie cutter oh this is a cute girl who's going to a slumber party but like mm. these girls smoke weed and like they you know they just hung out and they seemed way more normal than if, i think if they had been written by a man <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's like i i see online people are you know saying this is like yeah, feminist film, and I'm like, I don't think all the time. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's got elements to it that I'm like, oh, that's that's yeah, really forward thinking. And then part of me is also like, yeah, but you also have an extended sequence of them getting changed in the new. Yeah, and it's like, it, it it's it's a two steps forward, one step back situation where it's like, yeah, sure, it there is some progress, but not quite as much as we need. So, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's get on to the awards here. Best line. Does anyone have a favorite line from this movie? Well, there's a, a grouping like when um, when the they find the pizza guy, which is mm. like a ridiculous scene. Can you imagine the setup to have that dead guy standing at the door with his eyes drilled out so that he would fall into the to the house when they open the door and that Russ Thorne wasn't at all near there. That's a lot of There's so much setup to that. Like it's it's <laughs> ridiculous. Um but I that uh what's her uh I forgot what her name is. I think it's Kim. Uh, he's like, he's dead alright, so cold and then Jackie's like, is the pizza? And he's like, Well life goes on after all and eating makes me feel best when I feel bad and boy do I feel bad. It's like he takes a bite, he's like, I feel better. Yeah. Like, the dead guy's hand was just like resting on the box. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No. Uh, or even like right before that, where the guy's like, Who is it? And he goes, like, Pizza delivery. What's the damage? Six so far. Oh, that was great. That was my <laughs> like, favorite. Uh, I, I mean, and going back to the stuff that, that Taylor was already talking about of like the random dialogue and like the showers and stuff like that. And the, the girl's like, You know, I think your tits are getting bigger. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mine? That was yeah. so random and so good. Like, just yeah. one of those background lines that's, like, not... I don't think anyone specific was saying it. It was just, like, supposed to be some random girl talking yeah. to another yeah. girl about her tits. <laughs> it's like even the scene where like Russ Thorne is counting the bodies and he's like one, two, three, four, shit. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> hasn't met his goal. Not yet. enough. Nope. Yeah. There was a, a one off line that I thought was funny. I think they're talking about Diane, who's I guess supposed to be like the bitchy one of the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and, and about how she's got a big mouth or something, and someone says, It's not how big your mouth is, it's what in it that counts. <laughs> Talking about her just being like popular with the boys and things like that. I was like, oh, girl, girl, sassy girl talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's another one too where Jeff says, Can't you take a joke? And Diane says, Can't you get out of the third grade? (laughs) There's a few jokes in this that I was like, Okay, that's pretty funny. There's some one liners. I remember there was one about Kool Aid, something like, as as the famous Jim Jones said once, shut up and drink your Kool-Aid or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think she says that to her little sister at one point. <laughs> that whole thing too, the the sister and her uh, you know, Valerie and Courtney, it was such a weird it was just so weird every time that they had like they're they're just really playing up the sibling uh, the sibling rivalry mm-hmm. of it all and it was just like you guys are trying so hard like they're putting their foot to the floor on these uh, on this relationship yeah eat a vow courtney at home like we can we we keep kind of cutting back to them just like doing a little bit of nothing kind of yeah. every single time and courtney Absolutely. just keeps asking you weren't invited to that party were you like they keep trying to play that up for some reason when it's like just just have them go over have them be in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh best performance uh russ thorn i guess uh michael Whatever his name is, starts with a V. Uh, yeah, Michael Villella. Villella, yeah. This, his weird like movements, like especially when that guy is like, um, I forget what the guy's name is, but he's like all he's like all attacked and he's like at the door whimpering and stuff, and he's watching him walk towards him and stuff. Yeah, it was just yeah, and and I mean the pool the the pool scene at the end of the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm. The 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 final girl showdown. Um, yeah, it's a good scene. I don't know. Uh, like it, it it's th- that's the thing about this movie is is nothing is like memorable or like makes this movie and none of the performance like make or, or even break this movie. It just kind of is what it is. Mm. Um, it's yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, it was made by women and it's like this, like it's trying to be subversive but it's just it's a horny slasher at the end of the day yeah yeah for sure yeah i oh oh, sorry go ahead no no go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say i i I had either like valerie or trish as best performance just because yeah nobody really stood out to me too much and Mm. they seemed to do okay jobs and as in their performances yeah yeah i i went with michael as russ thorne the funny thing is, is I feel like everybody else is playing up this movie like as a straightforward slasher, but for some yeah. reason, like Michael plays Rust Thorn as like <clears throat> he 
he's still playing it as it's a parody in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. there's moments of his performance where it still seems there's those glimmers of, of it being like a joke at the, at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I would say that like, and not in the, it's actually works it for its advantage, but yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, Hmm, like it just seems like he's in an entirely different movie, which when you find out what happened behind the scenes, it's like, that makes a whole lot of sense. All right. Uh, best kill. Ooh, that. Hmm. I would uh, say coach, coach, uh, the coach getting kind of gutted. Ooh. Um, because a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of these scenes, uh, death scenes are off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That's. I mean. That's. That's what the the tough thing is. Uh. Because I mean, the best reveal is the pizza boy because it's the most. Um. I. I honestly, I think besides the beheadings, it's the most graphic one. Yeah. Um. Because everything else is kind of standard. It, it's just kind of like you get you get drilled in the chest and you're dead, type thing. Mm-hmm. And and mostly, like I said, most of these kills are off screen. Uh. Most of the women's deaths are off screen. Uh, mm-hmm. the the guys get killed on screen more often than not. Uh, I do like um, Jackie. I think it's Jackie's death where she opens the door and gets her throat slashed by the the driller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but I I think uh, it's yeah it's, it's kind of hard to to choose the best one because they're all some of them are very standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the. Uh... Uh, the driller killer's death at the end, when when Valerie gets him with the machete by the pool. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like I did, so I, excessive, too. Yeah, I mean, but at, okay, especially for Valerie because I feel like she kind of just showed up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. then just kind of went crazy. Like if that was Trish who was going crazy on the guy, that would make a lot more sense because she was like the main girl, the main sleepover girl who kind of went through it all. But kind of Valerie just shows up and kind of goes a little axe crazy on him. Yeah. Um, but honestly, he deserved it, so I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that was a little disappointing is, like, they take him out. This, this is the, my complaint with both of these movies. They take out the, the driller's killer without the drill. Like, yeah. you have the drill. Use that to kill him. In the first one... They kill him with a machete, and spoilers for the second, uh, they kill him by laying him on fire. No point that they kill him with his own drill. That's, like, (laughs) such a wasted opportunity. Like, I wanted them to, like, kick him against a wall and just shove the drill through his gut or something, and I'm like, no, you don't even do that. But I do like uh, Russ Thorne's death in this because it is a success of, like, I counted it. He's stabbed. He's slashed. He loses a hand. And he gets impaled. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, got like four kills in one on that one. And um, they don't even bring him back for the next movie. Like, come on. No. Although, they're doing a remake of this. Well, they're, I don't know if it's a requel or a remake or whatever, but they're making a new Slumber Party Massacre out this year. And the driller killer on the poster looks like um, Russ Thorne a little bit. Oh really? Like he's got the 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 look, yeah. So when I... well, they're not going like with the uh, Tannis Illich one. The original one. No, they're not going to Tannis Illich. I I have hope for this one though. Like I really hope that they go into the parody aspect that the movie, the first movie, was supposed to be. 
Um, but we'll see. It's supposed to come out this year. I don't even know if it has a distributor or anything, but the poster is just cool. It's got like these girls and then the, the driller killers behind a tree. The tagline is, you know, the drill. So <laughs> that's why I'm a but little was... optimistic. It could be a parody. It's, you know, I thought um, I saw that it was coming out on sci-fi. Oh, that sucks. Well, so, there is somebody who has Russ Thorne in the movie. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, they're going that original route, looks like. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Oh, easy. When you have the killer knocked out on the floor, hit him again with the baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that yeah, because he was up so quick. And, I mean, what's her name? Uh, was it Kim or something like that? Would, I mean, mm. like she basically was the sacrificial lamb. Yep. Because she, they fucked up. Yep. They both would have got out the door if they just fucking swatted him again. And it sucks because they were trying to be smart. They had knives. They were, like, actually thinking. Like, when they would hear a noise outside, there was dialogue of them talking about, okay, should we go out and check? And then, you know, Jackie's the one that gets sacrificed because she she goes to let someone else in without thinking the first time. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. there there were some decisions in this movie that I was like, okay, that, that seems pretty good. That seems like something you should do. And until it gets to the point where they need to kill someone, and then of course they make a mistake. But yeah, that that was just like, uh, he's on the ground. Just keep going. Yeah, and that's like such a one-two that like so many protagonists in a slasher movie do, where they're like, well, he's out, and it's like, mm-hmm. nah, don't don't <laughs> don't don't rely on that. Okay, all right, um, yeah. I, I have to agree with that. I can't think of anything. Like, I don't know. I'd also say, too, like, taking someone in a van just never seems like a great idea. I mean, I don't think... It, did anyone actually see him take someone in the van? I don't think they did. I think so, no. No. That Plus, something... he, got a van, he got a van out of that, so... Yeah. I mean, he he killed... Because that was the, what, the... She was, like, a little electricianist or, like, something weird. Yeah. Something like that. Or electrician or something like that. And then, yeah, that's how he gets his van. <laughs> it's also convoluted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted someone to just have, like, like just one insert shot of, like, some dude walking by and just be like, did that dude just, like, bring someone into a van? Like, I don't know. Just, just would have been, been a nice little, little, little thing. But I'm like, wait, no one saw him drag that person into the van? What are you, Steve? Any dumb decisions in this movie? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything. <laughs> the guys. The guys, they they keep flip-flopping between, like, cowardly and heroic. <laughs> like, every dude in this has, like, this weird, like, like switch between the two, and it always gets them killed. We should make a run for it dead. Yeah. I'm going to sit here and wait for you in the, the garage dead. I like there's just I don't know it's or maybe it's a damned if you do damned if you don't type thing but could be yeah 
Yeah. There is a certain point in this movie where I was like, is anyone from the Cell Lumber Party itself actually going to die? Because I think the first like three or four kills <laughs> are like, outside. yeah, the, the electrician <laughs> lady, the neighbor, the creepy neighbor guy that I thought like was just I thought he was going to be set up to be like someone creepy or someone that does something. But he just dies out, out yeah. of nowhere. Uh, then the boyfriend, I think, dies. And then I think Diane, who's the bitchy one. I think she's the first one to go. But, mm-hmm. like, before that, it's just like, the slumber party might survive this. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought for a, a hot minute. <laughs> How the fuck did that school get locked so quickly? Right? Like, and, like, nobody up, else was there. Yeah, to set up Diane's death. Like, they went outside. They had just gone outside. And she was like, oh, shit, I forgot something. And went inside to get it. And then it's locked, like, immediately. Yeah. All the doors are locked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. I doubt this is the time when they would have automatic locks on the doors, too. No, probably not. No. Right? Cool. All right. Um, I think it's time to rate this. Oh, boy. Yeah. Time to rate this, the Immortal Classic. Yeah, I think people think very highly of this movie and we may be knocking it down a peg but i still do enjoy this I, movie like I, yeah it, it's I, not a classic I, though for me like it, you can't put this and the exorcist in the same category <laughs> you know uh no. I, i'd give it a seven out of ten I, I i do enjoy it i i think it's got some elements of it that are like if you're a slasher movie fan, I think this is one of the deep cuts that you're gonna go find after you've watched some of the the better, <laughs> for lack of a better word, better movies out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, I agree with a seven. I I this one kind of surprised me because I thought it was gonna be so much, just worse. Not I don't know if worse is the right word, but just like standard like average yeah. trophy and it still was to some extent but there were still little bits that kind of surprised me with like the characterizations of the girls and things like that so yeah i i think seven i thought for what it was it was still pretty fun nice i i just uh, i think just in the timing that i saw it now like maybe if i saw it when i was originally going through all the slasher movies and everything maybe mm-hmm. if i hadn't seen driller killer already uh Maybe if I hadn't gone through all the the William Lustig movies at a, at a younger age and stuff like that, and seen um, this type of film just done with a bit more weight to it, um, and and I, I feel like a lot of the kills being off screen just really kind of hurts it. Yes. Uh, in in the, in the long run, and maybe that was done for budgetary reasons and stuff, but like. I mean, you look at Friday the 13th and, and some of the kills and the balls of doing some of those kills and stuff, which was just only, uh, you know, a couple years before it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I don't know. I, just, I feel like it, it it doesn't capitalize on a lot of opportunities. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hover around like a six and a half, a six, six and a half for that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the, this movie done properly would have probably like I I. I Oh, I just kind of am upset because we we probably missed out on something really fun if they had gone the parody route with this. That's why I'm yeah. really curious if the remake goes that route because it seems like nowadays movies love to do that. Like, well, it was supposed to be this, but then like 40 years later, we can finally make that kind of movie. Like, mm-hmm. I could totally see them doing that with the the remake or requel or whatever it ends up being. So, 
Well, yeah, think... and I, I posted about a movie yesterday, Student Bodies, which is like a comedy horror that flopped at the time but became like a cult hit years after it and stuff. And and if you if they would have leaned into more of the comedy parody stuff and, and less of... Because honestly, I, I think the mistake is that they took it seriously. Mm. Um, yeah. They, it would have been it would have been a different movie, but obviously it, it's celebrated by it, it has its own cult following. So I, I mean, it, it did kind of work out for them in the end. Anyway, it just maybe I just maybe that that cult feeling is just way it's I, I'm way too far outside of it now. Mm. Yeah, it looks like the new Slumber Party movie is being directed also by a woman, but the yes. woman who directed the Banana Splits movie. Uh, which... and- which is insane and yeah, I, I level 16 I, I think did. I saw the banana splits movie but I don't remember a lot of it other than it being completely ridiculous <laughs> yes it is yeah. massively ridiculous but she also made it kind of like a straightforward like kind of sci-fi thriller called level 16 that wasn't bad either and it okay, looks cool. like they've given her a bit of a budget for this one so uh, okay, yeah cool. she's from Winnipeg the director nice yeah I can I I have hope for the remake. You know, if anything, I think as long as it can be better than the third movie, I don't think <laughs> anything will top the second for me because the second is just insane. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dad. Uh, I'm also on uh, Letterbox where I'm trying to keep update uh up to date with it uh i'm getting close there's uh just everything that i've seen just this past weekend that i haven't updated as we're recording this uh including um brie grant's uh lucky which i really enjoyed uh, which is also available on shutter and seance which is just simon barrett uh directing a movie himself and is just oozing that argento um homage just like continuously it's i i think it was it was a really cool movie uh and then coda which is on apple tv which i think everyone should should, uh, should see which is one of the uh i think it's one of the best movies of the year um but i haven't updated my tremble stuff on there i think i have to I think i'm as far back as phenomena oh for that which is like yeah 20 something episodes ago i but. i when I did everything, I like every episode of Tremble on mm. on Letterbox, and it was exhausting. Yeah, it yeah, because was... I try to put the link in there too, because I love Letterbox for be, like allowing you to put that kind of stuff in there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's I, I try to be thorough about it, and sometimes I just fall fall way behind. Yeah. Um. Um. But uh, other than that, uh, SteveStebbing.ca, and I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every week, every Thursday. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Instagram or Twitter. My username, I go by either Circeanic or Techronomicon. If you search either one of those, I'll probably come up somewhere. So Nice. And then, yeah, I'm at Three Inger Nerds. Where we got reviews up. We have a review up for The Suicide Squad, which I've seen twice now. And, yeah, really good movie. Um, so good. Even has some horror elements to it, really, when yeah. you get down to yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? I also watched uh, 
the oh gosh i'm trying to remember the name of it now i'm like i'm gonna feel like a real a-hole if i don't forget don't if i forget the name of it uh it's um this new show on netflix called brand new cherry flavor oh uh, i yeah i have the adv- screener for it is it I it's got to it yet. it's wild it's like lynchian horror uh it's got this like cool 90s aesthetic it doesn't always make sense uh, but it is pretty cool, so I would recommend that. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna see Don't Breathe Two this week. So, oh, nice! Uh, can't I'm can't opting be bad. for Free Guy. We got we have advanced we have the early Thursday screenings for both that and and Free Guy, and I'm opting to take my daughter to Free Guy. Well, Free Guy will probably be the better movie, but Don't Breathe Two will also be the only movie. Where we get um, uh, the only movie where we get uh, a guy who had a turkey baster full of cum that he used on a woman as a protagonist. So, yeah, they've switched, they flipped that narrative, eh? Yeah. I'm, that's interesting. That's ballsy and interesting, I think. And Fede didn't direct it, but he's like heavily involved. Yeah. he produced it and it it looks like a fade movie so yeah so we'll see how that goes I, I don't know if it'll be as good as the first but I, i'm no I'm, I'm curious i'm like i i have a morbid curiosity about that movie so cool um yeah and i'm on letterbox fatal koala i updated uh i had actually created a list of all the tremble episodes as a letterbox list so you can always go refer to that if you want there's also my reviews and i put links to the article or to the post so you can go listen to that episode yeah it was very exhausting so i hope somebody appreciates (laughs) it uh yeah and uh until next time where we talk about supper party massacre 2 bye for now